Hi there, it's Kathleen here, and welcome to The Gathering, bringing God into everyday life. Let me encourage you to not just listen, but partner with God and practice what He speaks to you. You can access more information about me, my newspaper articles, upcoming events, contact me, or purchase my book, Thriving Through Seasons of Grief, on my website at www.kathleenmaxwellwamby.com. This podcast is now in 28 countries, and people have donated so that you can listen free. Will you consider paying it forward for someone else by giving a one-time or monthly gift? Simply click the button that says Become a Patron or Patronage at the top of the podcast. And don't forget to click the like or follow, and you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Enjoy the podcast. Well, welcome to The Gathering, and I'm so glad that you've joined me today. Our lesson today is going to be about God's character and who He wants to be for you and me each and every day. And I think it's so important that we understand His character because I think way too many times we can put our security in our circumstances or in people or life is good, I've got money, we can put it in our finances. And I am a woman in my 60s, and here is what I've learned throughout my years, is really the only thing we can trust in life and depend on in life is God and who He wants to be for us. Um, How many of you like change? (laughs) Okay. All right, I know some people like change, and I like change sometimes, but I lived a lot of my life um, where I didn't really like change because I liked that little security. I wanted things to be the way they always were. And I even had a friend, and we would laugh and tease each other. She didn't like change either, and we would call it the C word, kind of like it was a, you know, a, a curse word or something, but it we were both just real fans of the predictable and um, but life just isn't like that the longer I journeyed the more I began to see things are changing all the time and that God is more interested in us having relationship with him in those hard times when things change or the unexpected happens You know, his nature and who he is never changes. And so that's, that's again, what we're going to talk about. And I grew up in the church. I gave my heart to Jesus when I was 10 years old. And I knew a lot about who God was. Uh, I could quote scripture. I had a lot of head knowledge about the Bible. But I lacked some understanding in my heart of just experiencing God on a daily basis and you know experience makes us rich and when I began to understand more of who God was every day for me and his character just some radical things began to change in my life and number one I enjoyed life a whole lot more you know we can know about somebody um, you know, for those that live out of the U.S., um, we have had two presidents recently. And you might know, like I know about President Biden and President Trump, 
but I've never really met them. I don't know their heart. I've not sat down to dinner with them. Um, I've read a, you know, read different things about them to educate myself. I think that's the way a lot of people are in the church. They know a lot about God. They know a lot about the history of the Bible. They check the box by going to church, but there is a lack of understanding and experiencing Him every single day of your life, no matter what's going on, the good, the bad, the ugly. He wants to be a part of it. And in that, then we always have something secure. I think many times we can get a distorted view of God as our Father and who He is because of our relationship with our earthly Father. Some of you may be out there and maybe your dad was not in your life at all. You might not even know who he is. Um, I have some friends that are like that. And maybe your dad was not very affectionate. Maybe he never told you he loved you. Um, I think we can think God is distant if our dad was a distant father and wasn't there for us in some capacities. And I know for me, my dad uh, was a great man. Um, he wasn't always that affectionate, and he did not really tell me he loved me until he was older in his life. And, you know, the last um, years of his life um, were some of the sweetest years of my life, even though they were very hard, but we grew very, they, they were hard because of his failing, failing health, but we grew, grew very close, and um, he told me he loved me often. We had a really close relationship in those last years, so that's what I treasure, but for so much of my life, I attributed God, Father, you know, God the Father as somebody distant. He loved everybody else, but I wasn't totally convinced about how much he loved me. And, you know, as I began to study more and learn more about who God was, then some things radically changed in my life. But something that I think is real important, if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. Um, what you think about God is the more, most important thought you will ever have. And the reason it is so important is, again, because of the security that you get when you really understand His nature, which is why this lesson is very, very important. And the primary purpose, His primary purpose, is making us into His image and us understanding how much He loves us. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And over and over, I've, I have another podcast about the love of God and love that transforms is the name of one of them. But I have got numerous podcasts on love. You can just go to my podcast and click the three buttons and scroll down. It'll say go to podcast and find some of those if you're having a hard time understanding how much God loves you personally. But here's what I've come to understand, that God does not always want to change everything 
around you and me, he wants to change you and me. He is interested in our character and us knowing him and us experiencing him in things. And, you know, when my late husband and I were raising our kids, we were interested in developing their character. We um, were not so interested in them being comfortable in life. We wanted to raise them to be independent, self-sufficient uh, grown-ups and be, you know, we have two sons, be men and women that, um, we have one daughter, I guess I didn't say that right, but to, to know God, because we couldn't always be with them, but he could be. And, you know, we were more interested in their character than we were their comfort, because we wanted them to learn how to handle life's problems and wanted them to know that God was the one that they could run to. And I think so many times in our circumstances, we just want God to change our circumstances, fix our husband, fix our finances, fix this, fix that, versus, Lord, what do you want to work in me and what do you want to work out of me? In our trust, the reason the most important thought we'll ever have about God is so crucial is our trust in Him is the answer to all of our frustrations and hardships. You know, when you know how much somebody loves you, it makes it easy to trust them. And that was a big problem, which is why I suggest listening to so some of those podcasts on how much He loves us. But then when we have frustrations, we have adversity, we have hardships, we know that even in that, we can trust Him. We can depend on Him. We can look to Him. And so what does God's character look like? What does it look like? Well, Galatians 5.22 tells us what it looks like. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And in that passage, the Lord's saying, when you walk with me, this is what you're going to look like. That when you walk with me and you practice and you really get to know me and your life begins to change, this is what your life can, you can experience in your life. You can experience love. You can experience joy, peace, patience, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. But these, these words also describe the character of God and who He is. So the next thing in your notes, number two, is the true nature of God, or true character of God, is evidenced in the fruit of the Spirit. If you want to know what walking as a believer should look like, or what we should be practicing. You know, I think so many times we think we're failures if we're not doing all these, but it's just like anything else. We have to practice it. Psalms 103 tells us more about the nature of God and expounds on all these things that I've just stated. It says in Psalm 103 verse 8, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in love. It, it says he's gracious. 
It says he's abounding in love. It says he cares for you. He's compassionate. That is his heart for you. 24-7. Oh, my word. That's so amazing. Let's look at 1 John 4, verses 8 through 10. Because it says, it tells us here that he is love. God is love. That's part of his character. It says, whoever does not know God, whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God is love. That's part of his character. He's always loving you. Um, His love never fails. It tells us that as far as the east is from the west, he removes our sins and he loves us. You know, people can reject you. People may not like you. They may not love you. You may have gone through a nasty divorce. You may have been fired by your boss. Uh, You might have had a friendship that ended. But God is always there and he's always faithful. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. He's always joyful. Psalms 116 tells us, you made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. See, when we're in his presence, we find joy. We find joy. Not everything in life is joyful. But when we run to the Lord and we say, Lord, I'm just here. I love you. Lord, I want to feel your presence because today is frustrating or today is sad or today is I'm losing hope. Whatever it is, God, God's joy, when we run to him, we'll find the joy that we need. And um, man, that's so good. He's always glad to see you. Did you know that? He's always glad to see you. You know, do you have do you have friends or do you have people in your life that when you see them, they're just so happy to see you and it just makes you feel good. And I know I I do. And then I have others that sometimes I don't feel like I'm that big of a deal. But God is the one that's always joyful and happy to see me. It says in Jeremiah 29, 4, he's always kind. It says, but let the one who boasts about this that they may have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. So it says he exercises kindness. He's good at kindness. He exercises kindness. It's part of his character and who he is. He is good says in Psalm 118, verse 29, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his love endures forever. And Psalm 119, 68 says, For you are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. David is talking about God, and he's telling the Lord. And David had adversity. He had trials. He wasn't perfect. He murdered a man. Uh, He committed adultery. 
He did all sorts of things, but he was a man after God's own heart. And the more he grew to know and understand how much God loved him and how God was there for him, the more his life changed. And David said, you are good and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. Teach me how to walk with you. Romans 2.4 reiterates some more of the fruit of the Spirit, the character of God. It says, Or do you show contempt for the riches of His kindness, which in goodness, His tolerance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you to repentance? When we understand how much God loves us, when we understand that He's a forgiving God, then we want to repent. We want to change our ways when we do wrong or do we do something that um, is is not not the best or goes against what Scripture says. He is peace. He's peaceful. Isaiah 9 verse 6 tells us, and this is talking about, about um, Jesus And it says, For unto us a child is born, and a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You know, he's full of peace. He's always peaceful. Nothing ever rattles him. Um, He doesn't ever get frustrated. He's always peaceful. And there are times life happens. And goodness, even working on this lesson for all of you for the gathering, um, I had it completed. I thought I had done it. And I had something that popped up on my computer and I was trying to get it off and I couldn't and tried to get it off and I couldn't. And then I just thought, well, I'll just shut my computer and turn it off and reboot it, not realizing I hadn't saved the lesson. I had to totally, I lost it. I called Apple. I called Microsoft Word. I spent two and a half hours on the phone, and then I had to recreate it. I experienced a little bit of frustration in all of that, uh, needless to say. And there were times I was just like, Lord, I just have to step back into my peace. Lord, you're full of peace. So I stepped back into you. And, um, you know, the neat thing about that is God helped me re, I had to recreate this lesson. Um, so it must be a good one because I went through a lot of adversity to get it out. And there are some important things I think that are in it. God's peace. One of the great ways that we can develop peace if you need more peace in your life, is whatever adversity you're going through, whether it's small or whether it's a crisis, is to practice your peace. The place I learned to really cultivate walking in the peace that God has and understanding that He's a God of peace was walking the halls of hospital. My mother um, had a very rare autoimmune disease and I was getting reports that were not good from the doctors. Um, I was a busy mom. I was in, you know, social work. I had a lot going on in my life. 
And one day the Lord said to me, he said, you have a God-given right to walk in peace in every circumstance you face. And so when the doctor told me that my mom's brain damage was irreversible, I thought, oh, oh my word, you know. But as I walked down the hall of that hospital, I just had to picture myself, hold the Prince of Peace walking with me, walking with me through that crisis. And then another time, I remember just practicing my peace and having to really depend on the peace of God to navigate. Um, I'd been working on a great big capital campaign. I'd been working for years on this project and the money was raised and the building was built and we were having the grand opening and we had hundreds of people coming. And that week on Monday, I got a call, the, the grand opening was Friday, I got a call from my daughter and she said, Mom, I've got my grand, I've got Truett, my two-year-old grandson, in the hospital and 15 people just surrounded him. They think he has type 1 diabetes. Well, she also had a two-month-old baby. And I immediately, even though I had this stuff going on, this grand opening I was working on, I immediately said, I'm, I'm on my way. I'll be there in four hours. And, you know, it was in all that that I had to just step into the peace that God had. And somehow, someway, it all worked out. And the grand opening went without a hitch. We got Truett out of the hospital. Um, I learned the God of peace in that situation. He is gentle. Matthew eleven twenty nine tells us this. It says, Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. He's gentle. He's kind with you. And because he is, we can be with other people, even those difficult people and and hard to get along with people in our life. Um, I have a podcast on the power of gentleness and just the many times that the Lord has had me walking in that place. Um, so check out that. He is faithful. He's consistent. Deuteronomy 7, 9 tells us this. Therefore, that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to thousands of generations of those who love him and keep his commandment. He tells us right there, he is a faithful God. Faithful means dependable. Faithful means true. Faithful means constant. And, oh my goodness, we need more of that in life. And he's always with us. Psalm 73, 23 tells us, Nevertheless, I will be with you. I hold you by the right hand. You know, he tells us that he'll never leave us or forsake us right there. He's always gracious. He's always good. Always restful. He's powerful. He's our hiding place. He's compassionate. He's merciful and forgiving. He's generous, he's consistent, he's unchangeable, and he never gets disillusioned with us because he never had any illusions about us anyway. He knows everything about us, he's seen us on our worst, and he still loves us dearly. How you see him is how you're going to see yourself.
You know, we don't, we can't see ourselves as being gentle and faithful and peaceful and kind um, and loving in all situations till we understand that we're his kids until we understand that we're made in his image. So these things are in our DNA. They're in us. That's why at the beginning I said the most important thought you're ever going to have is about who God is. Okay, when we see this, then we can just begin to practice these things. He's got these things down. It's in him. We're the ones that get to practice and I began learning these in 2007, 2008, I did a class and I was reading a book um, called The Nature of God by Graham Cook. And um, there was something in me when I started reading the book and listening to the CD that I thought, I have got to get this down in my spirit. I have got to get this down in me. There was just a, a quest. And so every morning I would listen to the CD while I'd put on my makeup. And I would just let it kind of wash over me. And, you know, as I was making my bed, doing my morning routine. And I didn't know, but I know, knew I needed to get this down in my spirit. And in January of 2009, my late husband was diagnosed with a very rare cancer. And my world shook. But because I had been learning who God was and who he wanted to be for me, somehow in the midst of that crisis... I knew I would be okay. The odds were stacked so big against us and my late husband battled nine months and then he was gone. But it was in a lot of that adversity and in that tragic place, I could rest in who God would be for me. I knew he loved me. I knew he was faithful and I knew he was with me. That's about all I knew because everything seemed to be shaking. But I saw in that place, in that adversity, in that tragedy, I saw his kindness, his compassion, and his grace. And that's a God I experienced in the hardest time of my life. Number four in your notes, why is it important that we understand God's character? Another reason is it governs how we think about life, our difficulties, and ourself. It governs how you're going to handle your life, how you're going to handle your difficulties, and how you see yourself. You may not see yourself as someone of value. You may not see yourself as chosen and dearly loved until you know the character of God. Understanding God's character and nature has put an unshakable confidence in me. And I think he's calling you and me to represent him. He's not just calling our churches, our pastors. Um, he is calling ordinary people to go throughout their day walking with him and being his hands and feet in love to all those around us. And what he calls you and me to is beyond us. What God has called us to as believers is beyond us. And his call on our life, 
I feel like is outrageous and impossible. And I know I'm doing things now like podcasts and, uh, you know, Facebook Live and things I would have never guessed when I first stepped in to speaking and into full-time ministry, um, which was decades ago. God has stretched me. He stretched many in the Bible. I'm just one of many, and so are you. But I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that what God has for you might not stretch you in some ways. But it's in those places that we can rest because He's with us, we're loved, we're chosen, and He is good. He never changes. Life changes, circumstance change, but He never changes. And he's consistent in his character. But he's unpredictable sometimes in what he does. We never know what he's going to do next, but we always know what he's going to be like. I never know what he's going to do next. I never know what I'm going to be doing, but I have said yes to him. And I'm telling you ever since I've said yes and just, Lord, I'm here. I'm your servant. You know, just use my constant prayers, Lord. Use my gifts and talents for your kingdom. Use my life. And I have found myself in different situations um, where I've had to just depend on his character. Um, I've told this story before, but it's worth repeating. Not too long ago, I was asked to, I got a, call from a mother of a bride and she said our pastor has COVID he can't do my daughter's service it's Thursday we don't have a pastor can you do it Kathleen and I said well full disclosure I've never done I've spoken a lot but I've never done a wedding and because um, I'm not a traditional minister in a church you know I, I'm really about being out and you know I speak at conferences I speak at churches but um, it's not, I'm not like a pastor in a specific church, although I'm a minister. And um, anyway, I said, well, let, let, me, let me pray about it and let me call you. I was driving at that time, so let me call you in um, about an hour and a half, two hours, and, and I'll get back with you. And so in praying and everything, I, um, I thought I can do that. I, I can do that. I know a little bit. My late husband and I taught marriage classes. I just read an article for a newspaper about marriage, and um, and I wanted to help this lady. Uh, that's one of the things I love doing is helping people. And um, I've had a daughter, you know, that was getting married, and I could put myself in her shoes. Anyway, I called her back. I said, "Yep." I said, "I will do it for you. I want to meet with them and." Uh, she said, oh, thank God. She said, because we've got 650 people coming to this wedding. I nearly choked when she said that. I, I remember just having to compose myself. And I was like, oh, my word. It was too late then for me to back out. I'd already said yes. So, you know, God does call us to things that stretch us beyond ourselves. But I could step up that, that evening to marry that young man and young woman not because I'm good, not because I had experience doing weddings, but because I knew who God was and I knew who was going to be just for me. I had to do my part, 
but just take his hand and depend on him. And you might be saying, well, Kathleen, you don't know me. You don't know the things I've done. You don't know, um, you know, the things I've been through. Um, no, I don't. You're right. But, you know, there's plenty of people in the Bible that show us that God used. Moses is an example. In Moses 3, verse 14, you know, God calls Moses to be the deliverer and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. And Moses was, at that point in his life, a stuttering murderer. He wasn't a good speaker. He was a murderer, but God was calling him. He had a higher calling, a higher purpose for his life. And Moses had a real opportunity to get to know the Lord. And, um, you know, it tells us in Exodus 33, verses 7 through 11, that God speaks to Moses in the tabernacle. So Moses developed at that point a greater intimacy with the Lord. And then Moses asked a great question. He says, show me your glory. Show me who you really are, is what that's saying. And the Lord speaks and he says in Exodus 34, 6, the Lord came down in a cloud and he stood there with him and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. God says right there to Moses, this is who I am. And there was a new, at that point, Moses was face to face with God. And that's a God you and I get to walk with every day. He's merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and mercy. Abounding in goodness and mercy. Number six, God always wants to declare something to you about himself. So when you're in adversity, when you're in hardships, when you're in difficulties, when you're in trials, when the unexpected happens, when your schedule gets hijacked, Never ask God why, but what. Don't sit there and whine saying, why is this happening to me? You know, why isn't God fixing this? Why doesn't God love me? Ask what? God, what do you want to work in me? And what do you want to work out of me? And who do you want to be for me in this season, in this moment, in this crisis, in this time? And how can I know you more? And practice being like you. When we look at our current situations or adversity from that perspective, then we discover even more about God's nature. And that pulls us away from fear and the panic, and we get to experience Him. I could give you lots of examples on that in my life, um, but I'm going to keep moving. Um, your number seven, your intimacy with God is your most powerful weapon. When you move into a deeper place with God, the stress is going to flow out of your life. And the antidote for stress and crisis is an upgraded fellowship with the Lord. More intimacy is the key. And that's where we see His favor for us. Number eight important things. We must learn to live in a place where God is supreme. 
He's bigger than any problem we have. So my question is, are you trusting in his nature? We've got to see him as bigger, stronger than anything that we're facing. And more than any way, more than anything, get to know him better. Get to know him better in the midst of that. To wrap things up, I want to just repeat all of these things, some things again. So close your eyes as I read this. He's always kind. He's always happy. He's a gentle father, always gracious, always good, always restful. In his presence is joy and peace. He is the Prince of Peace. He's powerful and he's a hiding place for you and for me. He's compassionate. He's merciful. He's forgiving. He's generous. He's consistent. He's unchangeable. He knows everything about you. He's seen the worst in you and he loves you dearly. This is the God that we get to walk with 24-7. We get to spend every day with the Lord God Almighty that's constant, consistent in His character. Oh, sweet friends, who wouldn't want to be around God all day, every day? Somebody like this. I want to close with a quote from Graham Cook's, one of his books, and he says, When you trust your present, your future, your destiny to the God who loves you, who's committed to loving you on your worst days and walk with you through them, your heart can be at rest and peace. When you rely on his character and integrity, it is the source of your happiness. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you, thank you, thank you that we get to walk with you every day, that you want us to walk with you, that you love being around us. You love when we turn our hearts towards you. So let this sink deep in our spirits. Let us draw into a greater intimacy with you and represent you well on this earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for joining me, and I hope you'll come back next week.